The 5 O'Clock Frenzy is presented by Nova Home Loans. Call 577-2600 for help in buying a new home. Now, back to Coalfield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. All right, here we go. 5 O'Clock Hour, Coalfield and Company on a Monday. Got Team USA finishing up their training camp in Vegas, taking on Puerto Rico tonight. Damon, you're going to the game, right? Over at T-Mobile? Yep, now that I know where it's at. Yeah, I don't understand the confusion on that one. Yeah, that was wild. We shouldn't have said anything. You would have shown up at the Thomas & Mack where they have traditionally played. I just thought it was at Thomas & Mack. Why wouldn't it be? They practice over there? Well, they practice at the Mendenhall Center. They don't practice at the Thomas & Mack. But, you know, UNLV campus, why not just, all right, guys, quick trip over. You're going to show up, see all the slam ball stuff, and you're going to be like, huh, FIBA's really changed. <laughs> These international rules, that's why it's so hard. <laughs> We're going to get some juicy interviews, right? From me? Yeah. No, 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 no. What do you mean? I'm going as a fan. I've got tickets. I don't That's have that kind. You do. I don't you have that kind of access. Pass. If I try to get close to a player, I'll get tackled. That didn't work out the last time you were near T-Mobile. You were media, but kind of a fan. And then uh, VGK brass and security were like, get off the stage multiple times. So that was rough for the parade. You didn't have to say the multiple times part. I mean, you no, did. You, you tried twice. I was just saying, you kept trying. It's the important part. Yeah. Stick to itiveness. We like it. All right, so I'll get some interviews tonight then. There you don't go. have to. No, I forgot I forgot you're going as a fan. Uh, 5 o'clock, Nova Frenzy, brought to you by Nova Home Loans. 577-2600 is the number. Want to call John, get some information on what's going on with rates right now and a chance to uh, get the rates a little lower. And the biggest thing is, uh, you know, they're dealing with the uh, home purchase process very much involved and can save you a bunch of money if you feel like you're stuck right now because of rates. You're not. Call John, Nova Home Loans, 577 577- 2600 and tell them Cofield and ESPN Radio sent you. So, big story coming out of Sunday into Monday. Uh, and in a way, this is a good thing. Hey, you know what? Anytime women's sports gets coverage, because it doesn't always get covered the way it should be covered, it's getting attention right now. Now, there's a lot of negativity around our Women's World Cup team flaming out initially as the favorite going into the tournament, then the third or fourth choice going to the round of 16, and then losing on PK's. It's a bummer. It's a bummer. I've got my USA hat on. I support him, right? I uh, was busting her chops last week about you know dealing with adversity and, and negative coverage, and now they're really, mm-hmm. really getting negative coverage. Now, this is one of the reasons why. So, John, when they fought to a draw and played a poor game mm-hmm. to get into the round of 16, they looked celebratory. I think they kind of misread the moment. Yeah, we're on the, but you know, we're on the round of sixteen. But you know, the knockout, knockout stage. But like, that's not the goal right. for this team. And then Carly Lloyd gets after him, and then there's an intense debate about if she did the right thing or if she should mind her own business. So a lot of how we judge athletes now uh, is on their reaction when they compete and post game. Like, as an example, you, we were just talking about the Minnesota football report that P.J. Fleck is a jackass and kind of abusive to his players and that there's a weird, weird as they call it, cult going on there. And you were reading some of the, the right. tweets that came back at the reporter, A.J. Perez, who we just had on, and a lot of it was like, football guy, back in my day, right. when I was, you know, six foot and 173 pounds, and this is the way I played football. Which is, by the way, the best okay. part. The best part about all those, they allege, they allege, or yeah, they were alleging these players that they were doing 400 yard bear crawls. 
And the response was like, I would do 100-yard sprints. Not the same thing in any way, shape, or form. 100-yard sprints. 100-yard sprints compared to 400-yard bear crawls are something completely different. But at least those guys wrecked homecomings, as they said. But there is that, hey, you know what, I, I played. You didn't play at the highest level. Um, and, you know, when, when I lost, I was miserable. Not everyone reacts the same way. So here was Megan Rapino. She missed a penalty kick. This is her after the match. And you also, I, there's, there's, a, there's a certain mood here that shifts, but give this a listen. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough one, and there's just some, some dark, dark comedy in me missing a penalty in my last game ever, so... Yeah, because yeah, I was saying with the smile, I mean, it was that just pretty much a message that that's football, that's life, things happen. I mean, that's a sick joke. That's just like, yeah, I mean, that's a sick joke. I just, I can't believe it. I just like, I never even, I never even hit them over ever when they're saved. So, yeah, I mean, that's just how it goes. Did you watch that? Yeah, I did. Did you think she was laughing? Well, I mean, she's clearly laughing, but it was more of like a disbelief and like, ups- right. like I'll tell you. Like, like kind of dealing, dealing with, and I'm going to use a strong word, tragedy. Some people will turn to, I, I just got to lighten it up and sure. I got to laugh at that. Or, Otherwise, I'm just going to freaking bury myself. I mean, sometimes it's just a, like a reaction. Yep. Like I actually got in trouble in junior high. There was in, like a, an incident that just happened and they told us as a class and apparently I, I chuckled and I didn't even realize that I did. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like somebody, I, it upset somebody in the class to the point where I had to go get spoken to. And I was like, I didn't even realize I did. Sometimes it's just a reaction. And here, right, it's just like laughing at the disbelief of, hey, I've had a really good career. I'm a pretty good soccer player. And boy, did I sail that shot. That was bad. But she was having a hard time finding the words. Hmm? She's asked here about, hey, what did you accomplish? What's the legacy here with the U.S. women's soccer team? Is there a memory that stands out to you right now in this moment? Oh, um, I mean, probably equal pay chance um, after the final. Um, They were saying equal pay, but could have been saying a lot of things i think this team has always fought for so much more and uh, that's been the most rewarding part for me of course playing in world cups and winning championships and doing all that but um you know to know that we've used our really special talent to do something you know that's really like changed the world forever and she was emotional there you could see her her eyes were all kind of puffy and red and Mm -hmm. you hate that answer is that what you should be thinking about right after an upset loss? Well, but but if you actually listen to the answer, she said equal pay chance. Mm-hmm. Like it was in a game afterward, and it, it ties into everything. And like she said, it ties into the, her career, right? Part of the way that she played soccer and her ability to play soccer ultimately led to her and her comrades doing something that changed their sport going forward. That's a memory that sticks out to her. It's also a personal question. Like if that's what, she, if that's what sticks out to her, it's what sticks out to her. Here's a uh, sports personality on TikTok, Jamie, reacting to what I because I I will call this the average fan, yeah, or giving average fan takes. This is valuable to at least hear. She might be one of the worst leaders of all time. Rapino is one of the most unpatriotic players I've ever seen. And yesterday, she missed a penalty kick that would have saved the U.S. women's soccer team from elimination in the World Cup. 
I'm not mad that she missed the shot. It's sports. It happens. I'm just mad the way she acted after. How she was happy and laughing. I don't think that she would miss a penalty kick on purpose, but if anyone was to throw a game despite the United States, it would be Megan Rapinoe, and she's had some sus moments this tournament. This is comparable to if LeBron James was playing for Team USA in the next FIBA World Cup and was missing wide open jump shots. It just wouldn't happen. It's muscle memory. <laughs> what do you want to address first? I just, I like when people do this. I'm not saying they would fix it, but I'm saying that they're fixing it. Like, it's for, like, just say it. Just say that you think that she hates America so much that she would purposely miss a shot. By the way, she doesn't hate America enough to win two other World Cups for the country, but she does hate America enough here when she's 38 years old that for some reason she would go to the, you know, she would go to Australia, New Zealand, and this World Cup and be like, you know what? No, no, no. Now my hatred is strong enough that I'm going to make it so that we can't win. Also, uh, Missing a PK is inexcusable because it's muscle memory. Because right. they all go 100 percent on penalty kicks, right? Well, didn't LeBron? Is it? I haven't missed. That's a watch. bad. That's a bad um, connection there. You know, bad comparison because she's about over 90 percent in PKs in uh, international play. So maybe like Steph Curry in a free throw. I mean, I, I don't. I've never seen LeBron miss a shot. So it's muscle, Ever. It's, Ever. It's muscle memory. Ever. He didn't go. What was it in the playoffs? One of 28 on three point shots at one point near the end of the night. He wouldn't do that. Muscle that was memory. that was Jamie up on TikTok. He I is. also hate TikTok voice. Did you know that uh, – oh, my gosh. Like, once I heard the voice, I didn't want to hear anything else at that All I wanted to hear was that. I, also, I was in. I Baby just, Gronk, Riz Dub Livy. Like, it's a good point. It's yeah, that actually. voice whenever they say anything. <laughs> I can't, There's no credibility to anything that they're going to say once I hear that voice. The I voice also, drives you nuts. I like the um, – well, first off, was he shirtless when he was doing it? That was one thing. I think he was green screening it, and it looked like he was shirtless. Uh, the second part was <laughs> the declarative statement of Megan Rapino is the worst leader in sports of all time. Like, do we like how do we how do you? Well, know she that? had she had a headline behind her, or he had a headline behind him that said, um, "Oh, that's right, yeah." Megan Rapino forced others to kneel during national anthem. Hope Solo says, "Yeah, Hope Solo, a which, reputable source." Which I was going to say, Hope. Is about as reliable as I can. Uh, I don't know what I was going to say. I can throw her. She's too big for me to throw. She might punch she's, you. Uh, she's, she's, she's a strong. She is a strong physical lady. She is, but like you said, not the most reputable. Kind of axe to grind here and there. And by the way, Hope Solo commenting on others bullying. Wasn't she up on charges because she she like freaking ravaged like her her nephew was like fifteen, but he was like six seven two fifty and was like. Smacking him around. Um, didn't she also allegedly? Didn't she also allegedly take part in maybe stealing a car and or drunk driving and then berating the police officer, telling yes. him, "Don't you know who I am?" Yep. Her and Jeremy Stevens right took the U.S. women's soccer like van or something and were driving around. Better leader than Megan, though. That's for sure. All, all toked up. So fun times for Megan Rapino, but she was laughing and having fun, which she wasn't if you What's actually watched thing? it. Right, like that's just a, a complete. It, is it that they? Is it that this person doesn't have the bandwidth to understand the complexity of the emotion in that moment, and that she's doing that that we just described, mm -hmm. or are they purposely saying that she laughed, knowing the complexity of that moment, and trying to be, you know, underhanded with presenting the story in a wrong way? People want her tears, and they didn't get them. Everybody wants. She had them. That's the thing. Yeah, right. Like she, if you she pay attention, him. she had him. She no, had but him. people just... want that Michigan moment after what Chris Weber and Jawan Howard get that camera out of my face. You want to see somebody cry? Wait. People want that moment. Do they? Yes. I remember Adam Morrison crying on the court after Gonzaga lost, and everyone was like, "Puss." Yeah, so they were lose like a man. That's right. 
You got to eat those tears. So there's some blend. Cry, but don't be too wimpy about it. But there's also, this is why I love this dynamic about these conversations, right? Which is like, like in this TikTok that we just played. I'm not saying that Megan Rapino wouldn't miss a shot on purpose because she hates America. But, but, and then, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like doing that. Because that's unthinkable. Like, she would do that on purpose because she hates America. But yes, America lost! Like, where's the balance there? Like, what do you mean? You're doing this. I can't do it. How hard are you rooting for Team USA tonight, considering Gilbert Arenas just called them? What did he he call them again? Uh, I think it was something. It had the word ass in it. That's all I remember. (laughs) He said their roster is sorry ass. There you go. Their sorry ass roster. So now you're rooting for the guys to shove it. No, at Gilbert Arenas. I'm actually, I'm kind of rooting for them to lose. What? So if you remember, leading up to the Olympics in 2021, they lost a friendly to Nigeria, and everybody was freaking out. Everybody. Oh, these divas, these guys. They don't care about America. They're losing. They stink. American basketball should be better. And then they went on and won the fight. And then when they yeah. went on to win the gold, and like my whole thing was like, chill. It's a friendly. Like they're working things out. They just got together. Like new rules. It's fine. So I kind of want the same thing to happen, where they lose to they lose today, and everybody freaks out, does the same old stuff, and then they just go on to win gold. Like no problem. Tomorrow, what was your question about uh, Trey Young? Was he snubbed? I mean, Trey Young. Why isn't he on this team? Who are you He's, taking off? I don't know. Austin Reeves. Yeah, let's go there. So you're gonna get smaller. Yeah. That's dumb. No, Trey Young stinks. What do you mean he stinks? He he would get destroyed defensively every time. Look at this roster. It's it's filled with guys who can actually hold their own somewhat defensively. Trey Young is arguably the worst like on ball defender in the NBA, and there's nowhere to really hide him in this sort of basketball. I think he would arguably be a liability for them. I think that's why he didn't make it on. So he's the only person that can't play defense on this roster. Yes, he would be by far the worst defender. Pulling it up now. I was going to say, like, oh, where's the Francesca? You might, might want to take some time during the break to do a little research right. on uh, defensive metrics on Trey Young. Got stymied there's, on that one. Uh, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll give him time. Yeah, we we'll will. give him time. Um, listening to, and I listened to a lot of Fox Sports Radio while I was uh, working around town today, and we played some Dan Patrick earlier. That was, uh, it was a good conversation about the women's soccer team. Cowherd has been pretty consistent. Of course, Colin is on Fox Sports Las Vegas in the middays. And he's come out guns a-blazing on basically uh, conference chaos. Tough luck. Tough luck. You know, there's going to be some losers in this whole thing, and um, it's time to make change. College football hasn't morphed enough to satisfy the desires of TV, and I went off last week and, you know, hey, does anyone respect tradition and rivalries and the Olympic sport athletes? Why does it all have to be about money? Colin's like, it is it is all about money, and you'll hear him here in a couple of cuts here. We'll play uh, cut one here in a second. Uh, basically tell anyone who's worried about the Olympic sports, back down, your livelihood, right, your existence is all dependent on the boys who play college football and pay the bills. If CBS and TNT spend a billion dollars a year on March Madness, shouldn't they get a say in the seating chart at the wedding? If you pay for the wedding, can't you say, I don't want Marge sitting next to Bill, they fight all the time? If football's paying for everything and college football's literally paying for every program, they got to pay all the bills. 
Is he starting to get to a point? Like, I mean, sorry, I, it, do, it does suck, and they're going to have to come up with some creative stuff in all these conferences to minimize travel from being just completely insane for baseball and softball. And, you know, these schools have anywhere from 16 up to 30 sports. Like, you've been dealt a card of reality here. Again, the football program pays for you guys. And if they need to make more money and inconvenience you, that's the way it's going to go. There's an argument to be made that some basketball programs probably make more than some of the football programs, but there's not enough, right? Like my first thought would be like Kansas, like Kansas basketball would probably make more yeah. in terms of Kansas football, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But there's not enough of those situations to make the argument at a larger scale. A few programs can make that argument, but not every single one of them. More big games. I love college football, but it has had a great game shortage forever. Google the Labor Day college football schedule, and you tell me if the sport doesn't need tweaking. That thing should be filled with USC and Notre Dame and Ohio State and Texas and Oklahoma and Oregon and LSU and Georgia. It should be filled. Instead, you get something called Mercer and Middle Tennessee State and Panera Bread Tech and Roast Beef University playing major conference powers and getting steamrolled by 40. What are we losing? Regional games that nobody showed up and nobody watched. I see the ratings and I see the attendance. More big games. John, there you go. Who wants to take on the roast beef U first? Because I would go to an RBU game. I'm sure the food concessions would be tremendous. Good mascot, too. Uh, I know you started to Google. I did. Week one, technically. Can I tell you something really quick? Yeah. I actually had to Google when is Labor Day first. Yeah. And then well, I had to and then I had to Google. Then I had to Google you get his point though that he he wants no blank he wants no blank spots in the schedule. Is that what all big boy college football wants? Is to be down to just two games outside of conference? Where there's really never a break, there's really never a warm up game at the beginning of the season. You're not gonna get a chance to play, you know, MTSU or Mercer or whoever else you want to name. Is that what the coaches actually want? And and are college football fans cool? With a, t- a twelve-team playoff that may have an eight and four team in the bracket, right? Because if I, you play a better schedule and there are no soft spots at all, there's going to be a bunch of teams vying for final spots that may be, you know, nine and three, eight and four. That's why I, I didn't understand that part of the argument because largely when you talk about you know taking on these roast beef techs and whatnot, that's roast, roast beef. You sorry, um, it's. It's a product of the school and the like, the program scheduling those out, are they not? Right. So when we get our, and I know it's not Labor Day, but when we get our annual, you know, pre-rivalry week tune-up for the SEC, where they're taking on Mercer, Alabama is every single year before they get to take on Auburn. Like that's not a lack of college. That's not a need for you know consolidating conferences. That's teams and programs willingly scheduling cupcakes before the season or during certain parts of the season. So I don't think that would really go away. I mean, what he's leaning into is that we need to have an upper crust of college football with whatever it is, 64, 72, 80 teams, and they play high-level football. And if you're a program that's drawing 20,000, 30,000 and you don't generate eyes on TV, then you're out. You're out. You're on the outside looking in, and you can play in your smaller division. But what what about this new conference schedule would make that happen? You know what I'm saying? Like you're still going to have a non-conference portion of your schedule. You're still, as a team, going to early on schedule teams that you have a high probability of beating so you can ease your way into what yeah. I would actually make the argument that tougher conference schedules would mean more cupcake games at the beginning. Because if you're a team, let's say you play in the Big Ten, why would you not want to schedule 
the roast beef use of the world in the first three weeks of non-conference so you can get ready for what's going to be a massive conference slate against whoever you get. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio on ESPN Las Vegas. Sam Paniotovich is the only guy on the show who's got money on the Padres, right? That's his new team. He's like, oh, they're going to bounce back. They'll get in the playoffs. So, dude, I'm going to play the odds on that. Do you? No. I'm just scoffing at the thought that every person I have talked to, yeah. baseball related or not, or better, is just like, no, they're, they're going to do it. They got smoked today. Yeah. I'm like, Lugo, wait. who's been good, eight runs in three innings. Barlow, who just came over from the Royals, five runs in one inning. And the Dodgers go for 13. They win 13 7. So, boy, it, it is funny. All the money San Diego has spent and. The Dodgers in what is being called a down year and a transition year. And by transition, I mean young guys to start. Let's give them a chance, and then let's shore up things down the stretch. Dodgers with pitching injuries are, ni- or check that, 65 and 46. Padres are still three below 500. Yep. What's the gap there? What's that, 10, uh, 11 games? 11 games between these teams. Yep. And now in the wild card, they are three and a half games back. But that's more about the wild card kind of stinking. For the most part, like the team has yeah, a lot of running. balance in the and middle of the NL. By the way, because we celebrated them, can we celebrate them again? How about those Cubs buying at the deadline, saying, screw this, we're going to give this thing a shot? Then you take two from the Braves, and lo and behold, guess what? Chicago in control of the third wild card. Let's go, Chicago. 3 6 4 Caller 7 right now. You qualify for our Lotus Summer of Fun. Another trip giveaway coming up at the end of the week. You qualify to win four tickets to an Aviators game, and then you are in the running for a five-day trip to New Orleans, including a show on a riverboat, a uh, airboat swamp tour, plus $1,000 in spending money. Take the trip or take the cash. You can take 3000 in cash straight up. It's brought to you by Ghetto Air Conditioning and Plumbing, G-O-E-T-T-L. Keep you cool. It's hard to spell. Three six four eleven hundred. Lotus Summer Fund. You qualify for the trip to New Orleans. Demond's going to hook you up right now. Call her seven three six four one one zero zero. Throw out another Raiders opponent preview. Kansas City Chiefs are on deck. Of course, Raiders and Chiefs play twice during the season. We'll get to the uh, dates on those in a couple of minutes. John Montobel's here. It's Cofield, Demond as well. Seren Petro in Kansas City, WHB. Seren, what's up, buddy? <coughs> Uh, living the dream, Steve. That's, that's what we do here in KC. How much mileage did you get on the show out of uh, quarterback on Netflix? Uh, oh, uh, I don't know, 20, 25 hours. You know? <laughs> are, uh, you, are you sure? That sounds yeah. like a lot. You added yeah, that up yeah. too quickly. No, no, we, we we break down each each uh, you there know you do. each five minute block. Okay, uh, you know, no no Kirk Cousins, no Mariota, right? Uh, just yeah, just just the Mahomes part. So, uh, yeah, we we grinded through it, you know, hour by hour. Did you, good stuff, man. Good stuff. Did you break down the fact that Patrick Holmes is a total wimp and that Max Crosby barely tapped him in that first episode? He was crying about oh, it the whole time. Lord. Uh-oh, here we go. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> here we go. Here we go. You got a guy who won't – you watch that show, you got a guy who won't work on Tuesdays, and every time he gets tackled, he goes, <laughs> and you're going to get on Patrick Mahomes? Well, I mean, it is it is annoying. He's, he's running around the field. Dude, come on. I mean, this is acceptable. But you, we can't do that. I got punched. Like, all right. Let's stop being buddies and let's play football. God. Please. Oh, my God. This is so pathetic. Is this what it's come to? Oh, we, you, you know we love the Raiders. Day. You know we love the Raiders. Well, oh, we we love the Raiders. That's all we talk about on the show. We love them. I just, Raiders kiss asses. Yep, that's us. I just think it's more evidence of the fact that the league hates the Raiders. I, I, I think that's what it is. <laughs> that the league hates the Raiders. Yeah. Another another example. Another example. Yeah, yet another example. Yes. Good call. Good call. You nailed it. 
I got you sniff that out all by yourself too. I'm I'm impressed. So you'd be surprised on this show. Um, we're a little bit split on Brittany Mahomes. There are members of Cofield and Company who thought she actually improved her standing. She improved her image. How did you think she came off on the show? Yeah, uh, you know, got got to go there. Sure, right. So Always start with that. Um, I thought the first two shows they had like done a great job of really, uh, you know, showing her to be human, um, and, you know, to be a mom, and you know, right. uh, you know, there, there's there's actually you know there's more to her than just her social media posts, which she really hasn't done for a year or two now. Um, you know, I, and so I thought I would agree with you. As they went on, you know, one time she was holding the the, the kid and she's dropping a couple f bombs there. I didn't think that looked quite as quite as good, but I thought the first shows. And that was one of the things I, I watched the show with the uh, with the wife and kids. My kids are older, by the way, um, and, and so the swearing not 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 shocking. That's them. So, stop. Wait, uh, is stop. That, is that sound no, no, your no. pearls? Because no, no, you're no, right no, no, no. Stop for a second. <laughs> Please don't say that the girls are older so they can deal with language. We know why they can deal with language. No, 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 no. no we never, know. Never once. We know. I never once slipped. We know. Kids. Never we know. once. We know. Yes. You're, you're talking about the foul mouth mother? <laughs> no. Is that what you're not about? at all. I've never heard her curse. Yeah. You? Yeah. Different. Yes. Yeah. No chance. No chance. Never, never slipped. Not once. <laughs> anyway, anyway, uh, later on, you know, I, I thought it wasn't quite as flattering. Uh, you know, it, you know, there the game. I think there was a drink in, in hand a lot of the time. So, you know, but listen. Uh, I thought overall, yes, it was a positive and showed her to be a real human being, something that I don't think, you know, heartless people like yourself, Steve, ever ever want to acknowledge in a bit. Um, I'm actually on her side. Uh, Adam Hill went with the rationale that he thinks um, she really drives Patrick and that they're perfect together because she's a former athlete and she's she is hyper-competitive like he is. Uh, that is true. And you found that out, that she's a former soccer player, a high-level soccer player. Or at least by my athleticism, a high-level soccer player. Sure. Um, and and yes, I think she's quite competitive, and she definitely gets into the games. And you know, I thought it was. I thought the other thing that was kind of neat was that, like, you know, she was a year older, and and he, you know, he kind of had a thing for her, but you know, couldn't, didn't, you know, was afraid to ask her out. Yeah. And then, you know, how it all came together, I thought that was that was kind of cute, you know, kind of charming. So Ryan Petro, WHB in Kansas City, talking some Chiefs as we get ready for the two matchups Aww. against the Raiders. John, is this what you break right. down with uh, Eric Eager, who's got like six degrees in statistics? Is this what you guys break down when you guys uh, talk? All is the time? It, when we when we do when we're in uh, no when we do our Red Gold and Gold podcast, the best Chiefs podcast uh, out there. Um, no, we do not break down <laughs> Brittany Mahomes. Uh, that might stun you. <laughs> See, we're a little more highbrow. Yes, you know, like you know, I I, I know you're light and farts and it's all craps and yeah. giggles. And everything, we're a little more highbrow, you know. Like you said, with all his degrees and everything, yeah. you're like a Chuck Powell, who's one of our friends on KJR. Very highbrow. No, no I groups. am. I am. I am not like Chuck no. Powell. Um, okay, I thought the other interesting thing, uh, and there's a couple more on Patrick Mahomes on Netflix quarterback was all of his training on the side. I know you've talked to me about that off the air. I, I thought that was a really good look into all of the things he does to get himself ready for games and, you know, different angles on throws and how he really wasn't injured until last year. Uh, they do a lot of work on the side. Yeah, and, and, I, and I agree that he is, and that's the problem, I think, for the rest of the NFL, is he is, I think he's a complete, absolute, and utter savant when it comes to spatial awareness. Like, his ability to see the field on, you know, how the ball is going to arrive at this time, which will be before the safety comes over the top, before the corner can get his arm up, before the linebacker can drop. I mean, he just sees the field so well. Then he's tough. He'll take hits to deliver the throw. 
he can buy time. He's fairly athletic, but he only ran like a, you know, he ran a little bit slower than Alex Smith at the combine. I think he ran like a four seven five. Hmm. So he's not fast, but he's athletic enough and escapable enough. You know, if that's if I can create a word there, uh, that you know he buys extra time, and then he throws with great touch from like you said any any platform. That's the new term, but any angle, no matter what's going on, whether it's left-handed pass. And I don't know if you saw the behind the back pass mm-hmm. that he uh, dropped it at camp. He's been doing that for a couple of years. I'm telling you, in a game, he's going to throw the ball behind his back at some point. I guarantee it. So another offseason and preseason of conversations about the wide receiver room. How how bad is this? Uh, how good is it? What is your evaluation of the wide receivers? Yeah, I, you know, I think, uh, you know, in, in some ways it's like, oh, it's just the same story. They had to replace Tyreek Hill. They did it. They'll be fine. Well, they had to replace Tyreek Hill. They did it with Juju Smith-Schuster. Now they've got to replace Juju Smith-Schuster and McCole Hardman. So it, it is, you know, it's like that, that sounds like it's just the same thing over again. But there is, there is kind of a... Uh, you know, a, a force multiplier there that I think is going on. So I think it is a, a bigger challenge this year uh, to do it. Now they're counting on Sky Moore, who was a second round pick last year, to take a step forward. There have been good reviews on him. I mean, everybody can't get great reviews. They're counting on Kadarius Tony. That's a bad idea. He's already hurt. He'll always be hurt. But she's traded for him. I called a guy I know uh, who covered the Giants. So what what what'd they get? He said lazy and hurt. And <laughs> and I think that is proving to be uh, more so the case. Uh, but you know they didn't—they didn't give up a first-round pick like the Giants did. But I, I don't—I think he's a specialty piece. That if you're lucky, he'll—he'll he'll replace McCole Hardman. I think the guy Rasheed Rice is kind of the wild card. There have been uh, really good re- early on. He wasn't in that great of shape at OTAs and minicamp. Uh, threw up at at training camp, uh, but then he then he scored best on the conditioning test. So you know he's six feet tall, long armed, uh, big, more physical receiver. Looks more the part like Juju Smith-Schuster. And so I think he's the guy that that really probably has the most upside, but generally speaking, it's been a while, probably since Deshaun Jackson, that a rookie really had a big season in an Andy Reid offense. There's a lot to learn, a lot to know, a lot of option routes, a lot of things you've got to read right with the quarterback or you end up hanging him out to dry, and I don't think Patrick Mahomes like to go, likes to go there with the ball. But it's going to be important. And the other part that people don't talk about is that, like, at some point, Travis Kelsey will get old. And, you know, there's been some people kind of rumbling around that maybe he looks a little slow up at training camp uh, this year. Now, He's been getting slower every year. They have the next-gen stats on how fast guys are running. I mean, he's been getting slower, but he sees the field. He's a former high school quarterback, and Andy Reid does a great job of scheming him. And like I said, all those option routes, he finds the spots in the defense where he needs to go, and Andy Reid does a great job of scheming him open. So I don't think he's going to you know, just evaporate, but I, I think you, you, you know, Chiefs fans would be kidding themselves if they didn't every year go into a season expecting him to be not as good because you just can't keep being that same guy as you had into your, into your mid-30s. So... I think that's something to watch. I think that's what compounds the loss of Juju Smith-Schuster and McCole Hardman is that if he loses a little bit and those two guys are out, that, that's a lot that you have to make up for. Uh, and, and you don't there, – there's no proven – MVS, uh, uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantley, is the most proven commodity on the team. And he is a guy who catches the ball with his body, has great vertical speed, is tall, is lanky. It really is kind of a one-trick pony. I mean, he, they advertise how he could do a lot more than they – did with him in Green Bay? No, he couldn't. He did exactly what he did in Green Bay in Kansas City. <laughs> now this training camp, oh, MBS, MBS, oh, settle down. I expect MBS to be the same guy he's been all along. So I think it's going to have to come from one of the other guys if they're going, you know, wherever they're going to make up that slack. Bigger loss: Orlando Brown or Frank Clark? Um, uh, pass. Um, no. <laughs> uh, you know, listen, Frank Clark was great. He is the Chiefs' all-time postseason sack leader. 
He was tremendous when, when they got to the postseason. He is a great quote. I love talking to him. I would say he's a great guy, but weapons charges off the field and some of the accusations that were levied against him at Michigan will stop me from saying that, but I always enjoyed talking to him, and he's refreshingly frank in his comments, and he always seemed to be able to show up in the playoffs, but he never lived up to what they gave up for him or the contract that they gave him. Uh, they drafted Felix Anyudike Uzama, who was the Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year, to replace him. I think he will do that. He'll, you know, In some ways, he'll be better. In other ways, they'll probably take advantage of his uh, of how young he is. George Karloftis, last year's uh, first-round pick at defensive end, you know, had six sacks in his last seven games. I mean, he really came on at the end. So I think there's a lot of optimism that he'll be able to get things done. And then, uh, and you know, Charles Aminihu, they signed, who had great pass rush numbers, not a lot of sacks, but his pressure numbers were high. The analytics community loved him. They gave him $10 million a year to come over. And now he's been suspended for six games because of a domestic violence uh, charge that he had from a couple of years ago in San Francisco, finally came to fruition, finally uh, got its results, and they gave him six games. I think that surprised the Chiefs a little bit that it was that long. And then throwing Chris Jones on a holdout, and now all of a sudden the defensive line gets suspect. So I really think Frank Clark is a replaceable guy, but there's other issues along that defensive line. If everybody's there, when everybody's there, I think they're significantly better along the defensive line. Orlando Brown, I would worry if they didn't have Donovan Smith. And if you look at his PFF grade, he would go, oh, you'd sign the 67th best tackle. Well, last year he played hurt, fought through injuries, played in 13 games, uh, and, and his numbers came way down. The year before, he was the number 15 offensive tackle, and it gotten better every year he had been in the league. So they're counting on on a one-year, about $3 million deal plus incentives that he's, you know, he's on a prove-it deal, and he wants to prove it on a team that's going to go places, showcase his talents, and then go back into free agency next year. So he's a highly motivated player. That was the number 15 tackle in football last year. If that's the guy they got, they're infinitely better. But Orlando Brown will get... Joe Burrow knocked out at some point. I mean, he just cannot move. And there's a reason why he was asking. The Chiefs were offering $18, $19 million per, and he was asking for Trent Williams $25 million. Chiefs pulled the offer. He ended up getting $60 million per from the Bengals for a reason. And happy was happy to do it because he sat out there. You know, all the big boys come off the board in the first two days. Yeah. He didn't sign until the third day of free agency. So like, have at it, Cincy. Enjoy that one. Saran Petro. We're previewing the Chiefs. Chiefs and Raiders will play in Week 12 and Week 16. All right, let's close on uh, four rapid-fire questions. Uh, did you care at all about the Women's World Cup soccer team? I uh, absolutely did not watch it live, but did record it and got up and watched the match. Uh, yes, uh, you know I'm a kind of a closet soccer fan, and mm-hmm. I think all the I, I think they're getting beat up. It's ridiculous how they're getting beat up. First of all, they dominated the match against Sweden. If people don't know squat. When they talk about this, number one, they're, they're a team in transition, 14 first-year players. They dominated Sweden, 11 shots on goal to one, uh, nine corner kicks to three. Sometimes soccer happens. Oh, and by the way, Sweden doesn't suck. They're the number three team in the world. U.S. is number one, Sweden's number three. That was a match that, by some people's account, was like a coin flip match. They dominated it. It's just how soccer ends sometimes. Yes, I watched it, and everybody should get off their ass. Why are you passing on F1 in Vegas? I know you love F1. You watch that with your daughters. Uh, price. Uh, I'm trying to get to F1 in Austin, but like it needs to run in Vegas for like 10 years and the price comes down. But the tickets are just outrageous. I mean, I would love to be there for the first one. It would be great. It was the plan until I saw that I could, you know, for like about like a fifth of the price, go to the race in Austin. I don't even know if that's going to happen now because we have, you know, college business and things like that. But uh, only price. I-, I think it's fantastic. I know it's a big pain in the ass for everybody out there because I listen to 
you and JB wine all the time. Uh, but uh, but I, I think it's awesome and it's going to be the most spectacular race on, on the calendar. Uh, and, and there's some good ones. I mean, it's going to blow away. I mean, you, you can't beat all the yachts of the ocean that's there for um, for uh, um, Monaco. But yeah. uh, I think it'll be the most spectacular race on the calendar for sure. JB? That's one of our friends, John. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's, yeah. Uh, and he works down on the Strip, yeah. so it's been a living hell for him. I oh, have to drive around he, the Strip. All he, all he does is complain about how he can't get to work. Yeah. All this crap. Little things. I mean, yeah. little things. Yeah, like fifty-one going on ninety. <laughs> that is true. Uh, last two. Do you like the new Big Twelve? I mean, I like it better than no Big Twelve. I mean, yeah, I will say this: right? the Pac-12 was supposed to be picking over the remains of the Big Twelve like ten years ago, and now they're still around in the Pac-12. Which, I, which, by the way, I think it's sad. I don't, I don't, I don't like that that happened. But yeah, I like it better than no Big Twelve. I think they make good additions. I, I still don't like Central Florida. West Virginia, Cincinnati. I don't know why they're screwing around in the Eastern Time Zone. I think they should just focus on the Mississippi River West. I think they should just pick up the other four Pac-12 schools and and ditch those three. But uh, yeah, it'll be, be a tremendous basketball league, and and I think uh, an underrated football league. Last one. You're out here for a fantasy football draft with us. You come right. to Vegas every year. Do I have to be the alpha when it comes to uh, getting these guys together and picking restaurants? Uh, of course. Yeah. I mean, it's. it's if it's, it's either you or me, yes. I mean, which one of these other, you know, I don't know, I was going to say Pots a word, it, I don't know yeah. that we use it anymore. Which one, of, you know, which one of these, uh, yeah, putts, which one of these putts is going to, no one else is going to do it. Yes, it'll come down to us. And you got to drive like nine guys, and you're paying for the gas. <laughs> sounds sounds like a great weekend. Looking forward to it. Uh, we all really like those, right? Uh, it, it, well, John was just taking a shot. There, actually, it's not the fattest league uh, it's not fatter than the show. Okay. Yeah, there's gas actually, mileage. You know, you want to be efficient. It's uh, a good yeah. point. I would prefer thin guys in my car. You're right. Otherwise, I'm about to get a cargo van and throw everyone on the back of that thing. So, all right, Teren, <laughs> we know you're we know you're a busy guy. We appreciate it. I will see you soon. Excellent preview of the Chiefs, and it will not be the last time this football season we speak. Uh, that sounds good. I look forward to the next conversation. Yes, I already booked ahead there. There you go, Seren Petro, WHB in Kansas City. I'm trying to think of the the league now. The league in general actually has a. Uh, there is, yeah, there's one giant fat ass. Petro and I are mid-sized fat asses, um, but there's some thin guys. I've walked in on a draft before. You're right. I've, I've witnessed it. Have you ever been in this league before? No, never been invited. Okay. Never really going to ask do you, either. Do you want to be, do you I mean, be in it? Sure. Because I, like I, don't, football. I don't. I like when they come out, but by the time the draft comes around, I'm like, I, don't, I just don't care. I'm not good at fantasy football. I've never been good at it. I'm okay. I mean, it's all luck. You just got to be healthy. That's the problem. Right. That's the problem. And I want to be in a league where every player on your team starts. Yes. I don't want to have this freaking randomness of I started the wrong running back or wide receiver this week. And you just happen to get like three one-yard carries for touchdowns. And you're like, okay, here we go. The 32 points on the bench. Cofield and Company presents Grab Bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Stick your hand in there, Dave. All right, grab bag time. We close it out here on a Monday. Busy week on the way. We got Team USA going down tonight in the uh, exhibition game against Puerto Rico. Damon will be on the scene somewhere in the crowd. Um, this is not actually uh, this is not a family treat, right? You uh, you finagle tickets another way. He's got a lot of connections. Yes, Damon is very impressive, and uh, he will go out and about. What? I'm just I'm not gonna but, tell. I'm not gonna tell anyone where he got him from. But you have connections. Okay, yeah, we're we're really uh, throwing around connections there, but nah, I only asked for two tickets too, and it's like, oh, you want four? And I was like, sure. 
Okay. I mean, I only got like three friends, so. There you go. Um, I think, what was the sound you had today? Oh, it was Bill Simmons on the U.S. women's soccer team? Okay, I want to hear that tomorrow because I want to replay what Petro was just saying about the women's team, really backing them up. And Seren really is a good soccer fan, soccer media person. He's a very heavily, he said a closet soccer fan, but he's very heavily into MLS and Sporting KC, so we'll have that coming up. Um, I think clearly we're going to have to break down, because the fights we got to today were Jose Ramirez and Tim Anderson and also Jake Paul and Nate Diaz, but then we've also got the the three-on-one fight in Alabama that turned into like a three-on-nine. Yeah, somewhere okay, around so there. So that's something good to break down. So A lot of angst on the Great show all stuff. the time. A lot of angst. A lot of angst. More Raider, uh, Raiders training camp reports. I mean, what are we doing here? Are we going to get Josh Jacobs in, or how much longer are we going to wait here? Come on. First preseason game is until Saturday, so I mean. Plenty of time. Although, I mean, last preseason, they, did he play like 70 snaps? In the, like, <laughs> no, the he didn't play game, 70, so, like. but they did stick it to him, and, and it, I'm guaranteeing you that he still thinks about that, right? What, I did, what, a, what a diss that was. It's an honor to play in the Hall of Fame game. Yeah. I still think about no, it, considering not. that after that Hall of Fame game, I ran to I ran to bet under 750 and a half rushing yards for the season on Josh Jacobs. Oh, you did? Yes. He That's doubled you, it almost. He ran. Should the Raiders, we've talked we talked about this a couple weeks ago. Um should the Raiders be looking at Dalvin Cook? Or is it or are they just so anti-running back? They would no never go after a Dalvin Cook or um, Kareem Hunt didn't sign with the Saints, right? He's visiting. Yeah, just visiting. I mean, when I saw that with the Saints, I'm like, God dang, they're gonna. I know Kamara's gonna miss three games, but with Jamal Williams and Kareem Hunt, nothing what? wrong there. There's no grainy footage of Kareem Hunt doing anything. Just like Alvin Kamara, who's serving a three-game suspension. That was a good point. Service time. I'm with he did say he did. Oh, I thought time. that's the point you were making. No, I meant no, 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 not at all. No, I meant their running back core, if they're able to get Kareem Hunt for nothing. Yeah. That's a three-headed monster. It's very... It is weird. Put aside Kareem Hunt, you know, some character issues, right? Sure. Put that aside. The running backs that are available right now, this is kind of ridiculous. And I think... uh, Well, I heard uh, Jordan Schultz on with Cowherd and... uh, Who was he talking about? Oh, Zeke. That Zeke might be just kind of biding his time to get the best deal possible, but that... Like, Zeke is going to play somewhere. And the fact that he's available... I mean, that's a nice weapon. Well, is it? I mean, I would argue in a two-headed of, back system. Shh, if he's the goal line back, I mean, I'd argue very much that of the of the guys we're naming, yeah. I would rank Zeke last in terms of wanting to sign him. They were making a very strong case that I'll do it. Pass pro is important with running backs, and I believe that that Zeke is awesome at that, and that's part of the package you get with Zeke. Sure. That he is reliable, and there are some running backs, especially young guys, when they come into the league, you're like, can we can we put him on the field, or is our quarterback going to get killed? I mean, I guess, but, I mean, you also get less than four yards of carry and right. not a lot of speed. Now, are you so. paying $17 million for a pass pro? No. But if he's coming in for 2 or $3 million, that's a good, you know, 1A back, 1B, whatever. I mean, I'd also argue, if that's really what we're talking about here, all right, Zeke's in, pass pro, don't worry about him. He's going to be fine. He's just going to sit well, back. He can still run the ball. Just not effectively. Damn, you're down on Zeke. I just, I, I'm not down. I'm living I'm in the past. I'm just saying the other two guys should get calls and deals first before Zeke. How about that? Is that fair? Yeah. Did you see the uh, Ron DeSantis move, where the NBA Players Association fired out a shot at the Magic for the Magic yeah. giving the DeSantis Super PAC some money? 
So then DeSantis has to come back, and he's like, oh, the NBA players have something to say. And then he takes a shot about their stance on China. Like, bro, of course. fight fight your fight. You don't you don't need to freaking crowdsource to get a bunch of people behind you to fight the fight. All I know is I saw him drinking a Coors Light. That's right. Well, that was America's beer. If only he can tweet at Trump like that. He is uh, He's an interesting guy in casual conversation. Do you see him making faces when he was drinking the Coors Light? Because I did. Like, he's never had one in his life. Tasted like America, baby. Where's the wine? <laughs> and we drink uh, $800 on up. Fine wine. Get it for me now. The Las Vegas Aces are in Texas to take on the Dallas Wings Tuesday starting at 4.30 on ESPN Las Vegas. 1100 AM and 100.9 FM KWWN Las Vegas.